This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? We're talking about Judas's replacement today. That's a really unfortunate way to word that. Yeah, I don't know. Is that not where we're at in the text? <laughs> maybe not replacement, maybe successor? Matthias chosen to replace Judas is the subtitle of or subsection of this. Yeah, but you also realize that subsection is not there, like in, in the actual In the text. actual te- of course not, but yeah. that's how it's written in the NRSV. Yeah, well, NRSV, that's a really unfortunate way to say that. Uh, maybe we should say successor. Okay, the successor of Judas Iscariot. Yes. And why does Judas need replacing, Clayton? Because he died somehow. <laughs> because he did. He did. He died uh, somehow. We we will get there in just a second. But there, as the story goes, and there's a lot of text to be covered here. There's like 14 verses, so we're not going to read all of it on the podcast, I don't think. But um, they go to a place near Jerusalem, and them and... All of the believers, them, the 11 disciples now called apostles, plus some named women, um, including, but not limited to, Mary, the mother of Jesus. As well as his brothers, too. Yep. They're all in this place. And you should think of this as the like this is the brainstorming meeting like all right what's the game plan yeah how do we how do we attack the goal set before us what jesus has told us to go be the witnesses to judea samaria and to the ends of the earth what what's the game plan here well priority number 1 well Priority number one, as is set out in verse 14, all these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. For them, and you'll find this as a common theme throughout Acts, prayer and the Holy Spirit seem to be joined together Mm -hmm. in some way. And prayer is probably the thing that you see the apostles doing most in the book of Acts. If you were going to isolate their actions to like the number one thing that they do most is pray. They are constantly praying. And so in their game plan meeting, the first thing they do is pray. And then after that, Peter, being their leader, why is Peter their leader? Because he's the rock of the church. And what does that mean? It means... What does it mean and where did we get it from? We get it from his conversation with... With Jesus' conversation with Peter on the beach in Matthew's account? No. 
don't remember what it is in Matthew. It is in Matthew's account. Yep. Um, it is essentially just means that uh, Jesus is placing the direction of the church onto Peter. Correct. He literally calls him Rocky. Yeah. It says, on this rock, I will, I will build, build my, my church. church. Yeah. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Like, yeah. Okay. Pretty All right. big language here. Yeah. Uh, take note, Protestant friends. There's something to that one. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's why Peter is the one that stands up to speak. Because Jesus has literally given him the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. That's the second half of the metaphor of that conversation between Peter and Jesus and Matthew. And Matthew. And so Peter stands up to speak in verse 15. And this is what he says. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons. Okay. It's a bunch of people. I mean, actually, when you think about it, though, it's not. I mean, okay. if you think about Jesus coming as Messiah, mm. King of the Jews, right. a whole nation of people, people, and there's only 120 people that believed him. Yeah. It's actually not. Well, They're outcasts, small peasant society. That, that's also really limiting because that's assuming that everyone showed up for this. Why wouldn't they? They've been together for days. Yeah, but what if there's people that believed Jesus that didn't make the journey to where... Because Jesus was all over the place. Yeah, that's why so, they're called followers. Yeah. Because they follow. Is it possible that people believed Jesus and didn't follow him? Maybe, but the text says... Um, stood up among the believers... I mean, the, the inclination that... This is pretty much everybody. I think that's a bit of an inference on the text. You're the only person that I've ever heard say that because even most scholars would say, yes, this is all of what Peter and the apostles have to work with to begin with. I mean, sure, because there's that's who's there, but like I don't I don't know if it's fair to say that that's exclusive. Like, well, if they're not with them, they're all alone, which means they probably won't last very long. Fair. So this is the community of the this believers. This is where it starts. Agreed. Yeah, this is everybody. Agreed. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and he said, friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit, note that, through David, foretold concerning Judas. So the Holy Spirit, now we're being told, been at work before Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the first marker we had of the Holy Spirit and the activity of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now we got him at work through David. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is the divinity of God that's been at work for dating back to like some of the earliest and most prominent memories of Israel. Mm-hmm. Foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. 
Why do they have to replace Judas? Because he died. Why? Why can't they just go with 11? I don't know. So, number one, it seems that... Can I venture a guess? Go ahead. It just popped in my head. Go ahead. There's 12 disciples. Hey, now you're using the old noodle. 12 tribes of Judah. You got it. How can they be the new Israel if there's not 12 of them? Yeah. There's 12 sons, 12 tribes. They need 12. There must be 12. In order for them to be the new Israel... It has to be 12. They have to have 12. Interesting. I've never thought about that. That's interesting. Yep. They must have 12. That's why in Revelation, um, in the apocalypse, all the things that happen in 12s, there's two of them. An Old Testament representation and a New Testament representation. I didn't actually piece any of that together, but cool. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. So... Uh, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong. He burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their language, Hakeldama, that is field of blood. Okay, before we continue on, we have to stop we, and do a thing. <laughs> we would be remiss if we did not talk about this. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, very vivid imagery here. It he is burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. Yeah the the Greek is like he swelled up. Yeah, like he yeah, he, I've got that here. he got yeah, bloated. Yeah. yeah, or swelling up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then bust open and presumably according to the way this reads, he bust open in this field that he bought. Yeah. Well, and also he's, he's alive when this happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that this is the cause of his death. The way that this is reading. Yes. Um, Judas' death is also recorded in another place in the New Testament, Matthew's Gospel, 27. 27. Um, Do you want to pull that up? Yeah. 27 verse 5 is where it actually talks about his death. And it ain't nothing like this. When Judas, starting in verse 3 of Matthew 27, when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he repented and brought back 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. He said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. Blah, 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 blah. The chief priests end up taking that money and going and buying said okay, field. Okay, but wait. The reason they buy the field is important. Oh, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are blood money. They're blood money. Yeah. And so they go and buy the field. They go and buy the field with the money. Which, okay. So now, let's put the two stories side by side. Okay, in the Matthew story, Judas gets paid 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. After he does it, is full of remorse, goes back, Mm -hmm. throws the money down in the temple, Mm -hmm. and goes and hangs himself. Then, because it's blood money, the Pharisees, the religious folk, they can't 
put it back into the treasury. So they go and buy the potter's field mm -hmm. with the blood money. Yeah. Okay. The only part of that that is even remotely reminiscent of the axe account is the field. Is the field of blood. Which, so I want, can I venture uh, trying to blend the two? Or because you want to, I will let you. But then I have a comment. Okay. So, in in prepping for this, I was just kind of reading and then did some 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 research on Hekeldama. Uh, th there are burial sites on this field. Okay. Uh, is it possible the chief priests bought this field, took Judas's body there, and that's where it exploded? Is that possible at all? I doubt it because it would have made you unclean to touch a dead body. Had somebody else move it? Still would have made them unclean. How did they move bodies? They had to move bodies. You had to go through a cleansing ritual, which you just would not do for anybody that was not super important to you because touching a corpse yeah. made you unclean. So, I mean, possible, unlikely, and the priest dang sure wouldn't have done it. No, but somebody had moved, may have moved his body there. I don't know. Maybe. That's the only way that I can think logically to put the two stories together, unless one of them is wrong. Yeah, I <laughs> right? think, like, well, wrong is a harsh word. Misinterpreted, mistold, like, I, I don't know a... I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. I think we do a disservice to the text when we try to harmonize them. Mm -hmm. They were told a certain way for a certain purpose. And Tom Wright specifically says, nowhere in any of the manuscript evidence have the, has anyone tried to harmonize the two tellings of the story. Mm. So we shouldn't either. That's what Tom said. Mm. Okay. Um, Wrong is a hard, the reason I say wrong is a hard and harsh word is because wrong imposes a modern mindset back onto the text mm -hmm. that what they're doing in their storytelling is telling an accurate journalistic report style of how Judas died. Mm -hmm. That's not how ancient literature worked. Very little of that is how it like, that's just not their goal. Stories are told and sometimes reimagined for the truth that they can communicate, not strictly because of their accuracy to the historical plot line. So that's point number one, I would say. Point number two, if you were going to point to somebody that was being super accurate with it, it would be Luke. Because that's literally what he's told us he set out to do. Right. Is do an accurate recounting of the life of Jesus and the things that follow. So that would be my comment about that. But. Okay. When you line them up, they're clearly not the same. Very different. One, Judas hangs himself 
presumably on property that's not his own, and he dang sure didn't buy it with the 30 pieces of silver. So I don't know how it's called the field of blood in that one. Uh, or Sorry. It's called the field of blood because the priests go and buy the field, but that's not necessarily where Judas dies. No, it's called the field of blood because uh, it was used by potters, um, and the, the clay was red. Um, that's why it was called the field of blood. No, that's historically speaking. Yeah. That's why it's also the the church tradition has called it the field of blood because it was bought with blood money. That's how the patristic people interpret it. I mean, could be both. I could. Yeah, very well could be. Um, yeah, the, the clay there that is used for pottery is red. Huh? Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that's why it's called the Potter's Field and also Field of Blood. I've never heard that. I've heard it called the Potter's Field because mm-hmm. it was owned by Potter's, yeah. and called the Field of Blood because it's bought with blood money. Um, I never heard the red comparison thing. That that may be there. Um, I wonder what tradition that comes from. Anyways, that's a side note. Yeah. Um, in the Acts retelling of the story. It seems as though Judas has already purchased that Judas purchased the land. Because in verse 18, now this man acquired a field. Yeah. With the reward of his wickedness. Yeah. And then he fell headlong or swelled up and burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. (laughs) This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their language, Hakeldamah, that is, field of blood. Let's not skirt around the fact that these stories are vastly different. Yeah. I don't think we should try to harmonize them. I don't think there's a great answer to why they're so different. But I don't think we should harmonize them. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think there's any goal. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what benefit it affords to us harmonizing them. Other than trying to figure out the like actual happenings, which honestly don't doesn't really matter. matter. Both agree uh, that he died, and somehow connected to him, there was a field bought mm-hmm. that was named Hekeldema, and is somewhat important for some reason. Yeah. Good enough. I think that's fair enough. Okay. Now, I'll also say, as much as it's harmful for us to try to harmonize them and come up with these weird hermeneutical jump rope tactics that we've done for hundreds of years in fundamentalism, um, which I believe to be problematic. I also believe it to be problematic for us to not point out how different they are. Right. Like, to be true to the text is to be true to the text, and the text, they're different. Mm. The way the field's acquired, how it's acquired, how he dies, all of it. There's not a single detail that's the same, mm. except what the field is called. Yeah. The field of blood. So, that's that. Now, verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it, and let another take his possession, his position of overseer. So, one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So, they proposed two Joseph called 
Barsabbas? Sure, <laughs> Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice. That's what most people call him. And Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two, so Justice and Matthias. These are your two options. Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. Hmm. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the 11 apostles. This is interesting. What you got? So, okay, first of all, the language used um, here in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I don't know why, but that's weird. That feels like strange language. Oh. I can't place why, and I can't figure out why, but it feels weird. Um, I, I really want to coach you into walking out why that feels weird. So, I, I don't know. It seems as if, if he was to go to his own place. Mm -hmm. What does that mean he did? In, in reading what it says. You know, if, if we're together and one person leaves to go to his own place, what have they done? They've gone home. They've gone somewhere. Yeah. And to his own place. Correct. And what, what does that mean that individual has done to the group? left an empty space well they've just left right they left the community they left the fellowship they left the following right and they went into isolation they went to go do their own thing in their own way mm -hmm. the second most important theme in acts mm -hmm. community mm -hmm. judas is being portrayed as someone who did something heinous and left the community in order to do something heinous. Mm. It's already being set up. The community mm. is a focal point of the Holy Spirit and the gospel and the acts of the apostles. Interesting. The, the community together is a display of the kingdom of God. So what's happening is going, the, the actual place is not the focal point. It's the going that is the focal point. Got it. Correct. Understood. The Correct. other thing that is weird to me is they cast lots. Okay. Why, why would you cast lots? So, Or sorry. In, in the themes of, of the casting of lots, obviously your brain goes to Jesus' cloak. Mm, okay. Um, so just following that theme? Mm-hmm. Or looking backwards, like that's where my brain goes. But like also, that doesn't feel. That doesn't. That doesn't feel true to tradition, or like okay. I, I don't know. So let me let me coach you this way. If you were going to do the same thing, if you're Peter, mm. and you've got to lead through this process of picking two people, but you want God to pick. Dictate. 
Yeah, you want it to be God's choice. How would you do it? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know a better way to do it. I mean, maybe maybe, um, maybe interview a couple people. Maybe have a, a hiring committee. Yeah, like, like, like maybe maybe yeah, y'all like, spend some time in group prayer. Like that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like we yeah. we have like a, a group session. We pray and yep. we decide and we vote. Yeah, right. Like you you got less of a view of God than they do. Yeah, apparently. Like, um, why is it acceptable to cast lots? Literally, the way you should think about this, they got to and they say, "Hey, justice, your heads, Matthias, your tails. Mm-hmm. Let's flip for it." Yeah. Um, why can you do that? Because God is sovereign and whatever happens through chance is actually God's choice in general. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's the Hebrew, that's like yeah. Hebrew thought, Jewish worldview. That's why they can cast lots. Yeah. I mean, even Jesus himself said, um, like, don't ask for signs and wonders, right? Mm-hmm. Just have faith. <laughs> and yeah. so like... Even 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 Jesus himself says something that feels contrary to casting lots. Yeah. Well, and the flip side of that is, I mean, would it really have made that much difference? No. I mean, these guys. Neither of these guys are really mentioned much after this. There's 120 people here, um, and these guys made it to the final two. Yeah. Like, really, is it making that much of a hill of beans no. of difference? No. Which one it falls on? No. Probably not. Like, I don't know that... Hill of beans. I've never heard that before. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I don't know that the work of God and the activity of the Spirit is altered at all, whether it's Justice or Matthias. I, I don't think taken. so. I don't... I don't think so, especially because priesthood of all believers, right? Like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It just, it was really interesting to me how all of that played out. Yeah. Well, they cast lots because they believe in the sovereignty of God and the transcendence of God, that even things left to chance, mm-hmm. God has dictated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's true for all of the Old Testament. If if God blesses, God blessed. Right. If disaster happens, well, God chose to bring disaster. Right. Um, and that's why Jude- Deuteronomy is so given over to the narrative that if you do good things, God will bless you. If you do bad things, God will curse you. Right. Because God is in control no matter what. Right. God is both the giver of good and bad. It, it is very much Hebrew tradition, mm-hmm. it feels like. Um. It's just interesting to me how far we've gotten away from that as well. Well, um, I mean, Judeo-Christianity as a whole has changed a lot, mm-hmm. um, but Christianity has really left a lot of its Hebrew um, basis behind. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting to me. Well, but so does Paul. Paul does. A, Paul's yeah. the problem. <laughs> if you want to literally call it a problem, if, if you want to yeah. if you want to know why we've left so much of Judaism behind it's because of Paul and p- that was Peter's problem right which Correct. is why Paul and Peter fought so much Correct Paul Paul is a Jew who reinterprets Judaism and goes on pilgrimage and meets gentiles and women and mm-hmm. foreigners and 
all of these people who begin to have something of an impact upon his faith. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, we, we meet Paul um, in Acts in chapter 9. Um, I believe it's chapter 9. Yes, in chapter 9. Um, yeah, we meet him in chapter 9. So we're going to, I mean, we're going to get to watch this unfold, but through this, Paul changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and leaves a lot of Judaism behind. He does. I mean, I don't want to say that Paul was once a Jew and then converts and is no longer a Jew. I mean, Paul is absolutely still a Jewish dude and still deeply rooted in, in Hebrew thought. But he's but reforming it's, it. Yeah, largely. it's not it's not the same kind of Hebrew thought that you would find. Well, and truth is, like, even Deuteronomy is probably the most, like, kind of in your face about the whole blessing and curse element of God um, dependent upon your obedience. But the rest of the Old Testament doesn't really seem to be that given over to that narrative. Right. Um, as much as they're all given over to the sovereignty of God. Right, right. Um, For sure. So it's just, it's just a strange thing. And what the truth that I think we should walk away with is that they set out to do a goal they set out to make a 12th man uh, um, a 12th man to do this ministry with them alongside and they began with prayer and in the end they accomplished the mission 